0: I am so excited for today's episode because I have with me Veronica, and she is one of my newer business besties. And I'm going to go into how we've met and our relationship and everything like that uh, here in a minute. But I recently had the experience of going through one of her trainings and listening more in depth. To all of the amazing knowledge she has to share with us. And we had already talked about having her on the podcast, but when I saw her in action, I knew she had to come and share her awesomeness with you. So I'm going to hop into her bio. We're going to go into her mompreneur timeline because she is killing it with four kids under five. And she just has all the experience from our point of view and. In her amazing world of messaging, marketing, systems, all of the things. So I'm going to go into her bio. We'll hear her story. We'll hear her tips and strategies to help us be more present and productive. And we're just going to have a great conversation between two good friends. Veronica Haddenbaugh is a messaging and systems coach. She is passionate about helping women create businesses that are simple so that they can make a massive impact without sacrificing their families. She lives in Ottawa, Canada with her husband and high school sweetheart, Tom, and her four kiddos under five. Veronica and I met through my sales coach, actually, Michelle from episode number 13, and we became fast friends from both having young kiddos and that desire to both be present and productive, along with our joint love of audio and a platform that allows us to easily share our goodies in that way. Veronica and I always seem to be on the same wavelength, which is why I'm so excited to talk with her today. She's here, like I mentioned, to share how her messaging and marketing system, including that shared tool, that audio tool that we both use, can set you up with not only a clear and simple client acquisition funnel, but also take the overwhelm and clutter out of running your business which is how she is able to get all of this done even as a mom of four. So Veronica, I am so grateful to have you here sharing this amazing framework you've spent the last year really testing and uncovering. But before we dive into those juicy details, can you share your mompreneur journey with us and walk us through how you got into the world of entrepreneurship and the steps that brought you to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, my journey <laughs> every time I tell this story, I feel like we're just constantly adding on to the end of it. But when I had my first daughter, so my daughter's name is Ava, I was trained as a social worker. So, that's where I started in life and in work. And I realized very quickly after having Ava that I had no desire to continue to develop my career as a social worker. I was in a high stress environment where I was trained, and the work that I did was very very stressful. And I knew once I had that baby that I wanted to be a present wife, a present mom, but I also knew that I still wanted to contribute to our family. And so there entered the world of online business and I had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) none, (laughs) but I did know that I had seen what was possible. I had seen that women could be working at home. They could be with their kids, raising their kids, but they could also still be making an income. And let's be honest, having adult conversations during the day (laughs) was very important to me as well. So I dove right in using some skills that I had acquired over high school and college. And I just started helping people in whatever way I could. So at the very beginning, that looked like helping people grow their blog audience, because I had done a (laughs) lot of that in high school and college. I know it has the to do with social work, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I, I had some side skills there. So, started out in that space. Long story short, ended up creating a marketing agency where we did email marketing. So, helping our clients to set up powerful email marketing automations, as well as like the messaging behind those emails. And so all those skills grew into where I am today, where I now I'm coaching women on how to leverage solid messaging to attract pre-qualified, pre-sold clients into their businesses and using all the systems and structures around that to run a business that's easy and simple to run. Because as a mom of now four kids in that time, I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old and a two-month-old. So it is a very busy life around here. And so I needed to leverage every system and tool that I could to make my business simple to run. So that's what I'm really passionate about.
0: I just love how aligned we are because our stories are similar. And I think a lot of mompreneurs can relate to that too, or maybe just working moms who want to get into this space that we're in. Hearing that you said once your daughter was born, you realized your goals shifted and what your purpose was shifted, which is the same story that I have that I talk about in my mompreneur with ease method and episode number five, which is how I uncovered my current life's purpose. And I think, like you said, you know, it's, it's always ever evolving. And so I love hearing that your story was you had your daughter and things change, things change, but you took a step and you took the action to change your situation and you didn't let it keep you stuck there. You said that you had no idea what you're doing, but you saw what was possible. Share with us your story there of how you saw what was possible. Did you just see what was going on in the market? Do you have fellow mompreneurs in your life that helped inspired you? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, really great question. I didn't actually have any other mompreneurs in my life. What I did was what I always do when I feel stuck, which is a whole bunch of research.
0: (laughs) We are the same.
1: Yes, I hopped on good old Google and I said, you know, how to start a business from home, how to make money from home. Actually, I don't even think my first search terms included business. I don't think I ever thought that I would start a business per se, but I did know that there were ways to make money from home. I did know some people who did things like teaching classes online or freelancing. I knew that there were little pieces like that. So I really didn't think I was going to build a business. I thought I was just going to find an online job. <laughs> and let me say, I'm really thankful that I discovered the fact that I could build a business and really making a distinction there between working for someone else, but online and actually building out my own thing. And so that kind of sent me down a rabbit trail of figuring out wait, I can make my own money. I can find my own clients. What would that look like? How would I dive into that? And it was a good year of researching, testing, talking to people in the online space joining Facebook groups that were becoming really big around that time to just connect and see, like I said, see what's possible, see other people saying, Hey, I made a thousand dollars this month with my own clients. So just getting that vision for what was available to me out there was really helpful at the very beginning before I really dove in and started taking on some of my own clients.
0: Love that. So this is about five years ago, your daughter was born and then you spent about a year research, testing, talking, listening, and figuring out where you fit in. And you said that you started off with helping people grow their blog audience because you had some time in that space. Mm -hmm. So did you have kind of a side hustle? And that was also what allowed you to realize like, oh, I can turn this into that. Or can you show us what that bridge was like? For sure. Yeah. So I did not have a side
1: hustle. What I had experience in though was using Pinterest to grow traffic sources. So I had done that very randomly. I'm just trying to think of how I even started there. But in late high school, I think it was grade 12 project. We had done something in our marketing class. And then in college, I ended up taking some elective courses in marketing. And so I was using Pinterest to drive traffic and grow these different areas. So nothing like what I do today, but it was my starting point of, Hey, I know how I can help. I I, this is a big piece I want your listeners to hear too, especially if they're getting started, was that I just looked for what I already had available to me and what other people needed and drawing a bridge between those two things. So I said earlier, I joined a lot of Facebook groups and a lot of the groups I joined back then were for bloggers because those are people I had been connected with. And so I joined these groups and I saw people who were doing amazing things and creating incredible content, but they were having a really hard time getting people there. And I thought, Oh, I know the getting people there part. You know, I know how I can help. And it didn't start with an offer. It started with going to these Facebook groups and saying, Ooh, have you heard about Pinterest? Have you used Pinterest? I did a project on Pinterest and these are the results we saw. And all of a sudden, very quickly, I became like the person in that group. And I didn't have an offer. I had no way of working with people, but it was just through making these connections. So when I did actually create an offer, it was like, oh, (laughs) there are people there. I should also say at that time, a co-journey that I had after I had my daughter was postpartum depression. And so I really struggled with postpartum depression. And I started a blog, my own blog, without being connected to these bloggers. I started a blog, just documenting my journey. I never thought anybody would read this thing. I never thought it was going to be anything. It was more like my online journey through postpartum depression, what kind of mom I wanted to be, and basically me journaling till I got through that season. And because of what I knew on Pinterest and because of the ways that I had known to grow, I just started sharing. Right. And the blog blew up, like it grew very, very quickly. And that's kind of how I made that connection. Like, Hey, I can help other bloggers to do this. I kind of did it by accident, but I can actually help people to do this. So that's how those journeys kind of came together.
0: I did. I love when I do interviews like this to hear all the different pieces and parts. I've been calling it breadcrumbs. It's like, you see all of these breadcrumbs throughout your life. And I think I say this every time. It's like this magical thing in the sky or like a constellation where it just all starts to connect together. And you're like oh, now it all makes sense. And I think a lot of us can relate to, yeah, we pick up little things along the way. And at the time they seem maybe irrelevant or not part of our story. But I mean, in high school, you randomly got to do this project where you learned about Pinterest and actually got to see it turn into traffic. And then in college, you also had the sprinkling in of marketing classes. So you had some background knowledge and then taking that and pairing it with, okay, now I just became a mom and I'm just going to share my journey. It's just like in episode number eight, it was a conversation with my sister-in-laws and they have grown their own business into this big following. They have a calligraphy business and it started with, we have a passion for doing calligraphy at the time they were getting married. And so they were just doing it as a hobby. And then they authentically shared, Hey, I'm on this journey. I just learned this. Here you go. Let me help you. And again, they didn't have an offer. Right. And so I think it's so huge in your story. And I am so excited for us to dive into these details more. So walk us through, tell us what we need to know about our messaging, our marketing systems, like tools we can use because as mompreneurs, we're so limited on time. So how can we make the biggest impact so that we can still be present and productive, do our thing, share what we need to with the world, but not spend all of our time doing it. (laughs)
1: Yes. Oh, this is such a great question. And I feel like it's a huge question. So I'm going to do my best to answer it here. But I think one of the big things is knowing what messaging is in the first place. A lot of times when I say the word messaging, people think it's about being a really good writer, or it's about being great on camera, never stumbling over your words, never missing the mark on what you want to say. And I think that we really need to first have a belief shift around that. Messaging at its core is the tool that you're using to present what you offer to the people who need it so that they can make an informed and empowered decision about whether or not your process is right for them. And I think that that's a really powerful thing to understand because when you get this right, when you're able to do that, you're presenting your offer to people who need it and letting them make a choice. We have no more convincing no more feeling like you have to convince people to work with you no more shaming no more spamming no more forcing you're simply presenting and making invitations and this was a really powerful shift for me because one of the things that I saw a lot in the online space specifically I just thought of another breadcrumb here I'll share with you in a minute one of the things that I noticed in the online space specifically was this this forceful marketing of like if you don't join this program you're going to miss out on all of life or if you don't do this exact thing, you're doing it wrong. And the breadcrumb that I just thought of there was in terms of not online business is my husband and I have a local construction business. And so my husband's in renovations and we market our local business very differently than what I ever saw in the online space. Mm -hmm. And the way that many people who have local businesses market There's no, you have to hire me as your floor installer or else you have terrible floors, right? (laughs) There's, that just doesn't even make sense. But we have this weird culture in the online space where there's a lot of convincing, shaming, spamming, forcing, making people feel inadequate for not being part of your thing, which is not normal business sense. Like it's, it's just not, we've kind of created our own ecosystem here. And so one of the things I'm really passionate about is pulling back to what has been always normal business, sense, normal marketing, right, is like presenting offers, saying why you're different, putting your hat in the ring and letting people make a decision of this is why this is the best fit for me. And so when I'm teaching messaging, I kind of go through what I call my three P formula. And I talk about your promise, which is the thing that you say, this is what I do. This is what I can help you with. Your process is the how, it's how you do that. How do you get people from where they are today to where they want to be. And the final P is your person. Who do you do it for? A lot of people, especially new business owners, get really stuck here because they say, well, I can help anyone, right? And nobody wants to be part of everyone. (laughs) They want to know that you're speaking directly to them. And so getting clear on your person, who it's for. The way I teach this to my clients is, who is the best poised for success with your offer?
0: Yeah.
1: Who is the best poised for success. There's tons of people who could probably get results, but who is right there? They're poised and ready that if they just implement what you teach, or they just work with you as a coach, or they hire you as a service provider, they're going to get those results. That's how you figure out your person. And so once we build in our promise, our process and our person, and we talk about that consistently in our messaging... And then we add on to the end, just making invitations saying, Hey, if this sounds good to you, let's work together at its very core. That's what messaging is. And it allows people rather than you feeling like you have to go and say, do you want to work with me? Do you want to work with me? Do you want to work with me? It flips the script where people are raising their hand and saying, I, I need to work with you. And that feels really, really good as a business owner to have people say, I need you. Like I need to work with you. So you know that they're coming to you as opposed to you feeling like you have to go out and pressure and convince and do all of these weird sales tactics to get people into your offers.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is so golden. Before I started the Montpreneur guide, I had been a personal stylist. I ran my own business for 10 years. So that was a local business. I was going into people's houses and I was doing these closet cleanses. And so I totally agree with you and see that difference between how you market an online business and how you market a local business. Another difference that I saw too was between community. You know, when you're a local business, you're like, Hey, here are all of the options. And it's not like we're bashing each other in the online space. I agree. There's that my way or the highway and so much absolutism in what people are saying instead of here's what I do, here's who I help. And There are other people who can help you too. And so if you feel like we're a jive and we could fit, then great. And if not, here's some referral to somebody else. And I love that you are trying to mesh those two worlds. Mm -hmm. I think that that is obviously a lot of the gold and the success that you have had. And the three P formula too. I know you had mentioned in your training, I recently listened to that. You said you could think of it like a bar stool, right? Mm -hmm. Like a three prong bar stool. Talk us through that analogy just to give people some better context, because I thought that was gold. What you said there. Absolutely. Absolutely. The three Ps really are like a three-legged
1: stool. So you need to have all three of those components for your messaging to stand on its own. And right, the opposite is true. If you're missing one messaging, is going to fall flat. Right? So I see this all the time. There's people who have just their promise and their person down, but they're missing their process. And so they lack credibility because their ideal client, they, okay, you're saying it's for me and I hear what the promise is, but I don't actually see the pathway to getting there. So you lack some credibility. Other people, they're able to talk about their process and their person. So they have those down, but they shy away from making a bold promise. A lot of us are scared of that, right? Afraid of saying, this is what you can expect from working with me. And that lacks clarity. So your ideal client is like, okay, so this is your process and I'm your person, but what can I actually expect from working with you? Like, tell me what the outcome is going to be. They're waiting for that. and So our messaging falls flat if we're missing that. And still others are talking about their promise and their process, but they miss describing their person. And like I said, that's normally because of fear of leaving someone out. They say things like, I can help anyone or everybody can get results from what I do. And like I said before, since nobody wants to be lumped into everyone, your ideal client's actually not attracted to your messaging. They want to hear you say that you can help them specifically with their needs in their situations. When you neglect talking about that, you're lacking certainty and your dream clients aren't sure if it's for them or not. So powerful messaging really requires having your person, your process and your promise all together so that you're bringing clarity certainty and building credibility in the minds of your ideal clients, because when you're missing those pieces, they're going to someone else, right? They're going to someone else who's able to say conclusively, this is what you can expect from working with me. Here's how, and here's how you know if it's for you or not.
0: I am so impressed by the way that you have defined messaging, because I do think it can be this ambiguous term or something that we all just have definitions to, but what you have distilled this down to at the core I believe is so so true. It's like the the secret sauce that we all wish we want to figure out but we sometimes can't or we don't know where we're missing things. And so, I just want to reiterate what you have said and then we can move into your next tip, but just to reiterate for everybody. Messaging when we define it, it's what you offer to the people who need it so they can make an informed decision, which allows you to not have to spam, not have to force, not have to be salesy. It's more of that local business type of marketing, and it allows them to make the choice. You put your hat in the ring, and they can go from there and decide who they want to work with. And the way that you do that, so we know what messaging is, but the way that you can set yourself up for your messaging to stand on its own, that stool that you talked about is figuring out your promise, your process, and your person, and making sure you're talking through those things so that you have credibility, you have clarity and that your person knows with certainty that they want to choose your hat from the ring and choose you and work with you. And that's how you can automate it. And kind of partially, I know there's more tools to help automate it and do it on autopilot, but that's kind of the first foundational piece you need in order to start making the rest of the systems and your client acquisition funnel simple. Is that all correct? That is correct. That was a great way of summing it all up. Love that. (laughs) I love it. All right. So now we have our foundation in place. Tell us what is the next thing that we need to do to start automating more and to clear the clutter of all the activities and just do what works best for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, really good. So, one of the things that really came to me once I knew my messaging was working, every time I showed up, I was having people raise their hand and saying, "Yes, that sounds interesting to me." I validated that process. But as a mom, and I'm sure all of your listeners can understand this, I have a limited amount of time that I am able and willing, right, mm-hmm. to work on my business every single week. And I realized that I needed a system in place that was going to allow me to almost duplicate myself. That's the way I always talk about it. Like I needed to duplicate the best of my messaging, the best of what I said when I was showing up in a way that people could access whatever they wanted. When I was cooking dinner, when I was changing diapers, when I was finally sleeping, right? (laughs) You know, all of those times when I wasn't available to actually be present online, I wanted to still be building my online presence. So there was no strategy to this at the very beginning, but now there is. And what I did was I recorded a podcast, Mm-hmm. I recorded a podcast that people could opt into. So you can't just go search for it. You have to opt in on my website for my podcast. And I just took people through exactly what I just walked you through. If you are this person and you're looking for this promise, right? You want messaging that attracts pre-qualified and pre-sold leads into your business. If, If you want that, here's how you get it. And I walked them through my process in the podcast and basically throughout the podcast, as I mixed in client testimonials, as i mixed in invitations to work with me, I just said, Hey, if this is resonating with you and you want more of this apply to work with me. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning, I was, I say there was no strategy, but I was using the 3P formula, right? I was using the 3P formula and testing it out in a recorded capacity to see, do I have to actually be live for this stuff to work? My Mm -hmm. hypothesis, I guess, I'm always a little bit of a scientist when it comes to my business. My hypothesis was no, as long as I include these three things and mix in the psychology of buyer's journey and a whole bunch of, of pieces there, I can be making these sales, whether I'm present physically, if I'm showing up online, Or if it's recorded and we've seen that proven in the online space already with things like webinars. And I just thought I have a better system for it. I don't want someone to sit through an hour long webinar. That's a lot of talking about myself and, and not much value. I wanted the podcast to be a whole bunch of value. So whether somebody worked with me or not, and this was really the key for me, whether somebody chose to apply to work with me or not, they were walking away from that experience better for it. That was my goal. And if I got applications off the back end of that, I would know that this was working as a system. And so it did. It really did. It worked super, super well. And I've iterated it over time. In fact, your listeners will probably be some of the first to hear this. But in this moment, I'm in the process of creating two more of these podcast trainings um, for people who are at various stages of my buyer journey. Because I have different offers. And so I want to have a podcast into each of my main offers. And so it's worked so well that we're duplicating it over again and using it to bring more people into our business on autopilot. Because essentially what's happening is I've created a recorded salesperson for myself, right? Right. (laughs) Right? So I have these podcasts that are functioning as a salesperson where people can raise their hands. If they feel good about my offer, if they feel like, yeah, that's something I need, they can raise their hand and apply to work with me. And then my job is simply to accept or reject those applications because we do both based on if they're an ideal client or not. If they're best poised for success Mm -hmm. and move people into those offers. And it makes my sales process so much easier. It cuts Mm -hmm. that sales time in half and makes it simple Mm -hmm. that I can be washing the dishes and read someone's application. I can be stirring a pot and read someone's application. So I'm no longer having to be present even for that part.
0: I think it's huge. And so I want to dive into a little bit more of explaining what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I want to move into that funnel because I think that was the other huge takeaway that I had from your training and showing why doing it once, why doing it in this podcast form then allows it to kind of go on autopilot because of how your funnel is set up. So before we go into that, let's talk about for everybody listening, who doesn't quite know about this tool that we're talking about, um, at the time, I know I'm using hello audio. That's what you're using as well. Correct. Correct. Okay, so the way that this works, for people who haven't heard of it, if you have grabbed my Mompreneur with Ease method, that is this, what we've been calling, what Veronica has taught me a good way to say it, is this, like, secret podcast. So like she mentioned, it's not public like this one is. You can't just go and search, you know, Veronica or the Mompreneur with Ease method and find that on Apple or Spotify. The way this works is it's another product that Hello Audio offers, and I'm sure other people do it too, but we... I'm loving the product. as is. (laughs) So you can go in there, you upload it. And then just like somebody would get a PDF download, a freebie like that, this sends them an email with a link and they choose any of the players that they listen to. Unfortunately, Spotify currently doesn't allow you to do this, but Apple and Google, they do. You click on it and it adds it to your Apple podcast, but just for you. And so that is the beauty of this is, It is just like any other kind of freebie that you do where you get their email and you can see how much they've gone through the podcast and it can help you also along your journey. I'm sure you could speak to that as well as connecting with people more and seeing where they need help or maybe where there's a disconnect or maybe where they're not a good fit because you can walk through the journey with them. And so I haven't been able to fully master it like Veronica has here, but I think it is such a great tool because I know you mentioned this in your training as well. They get to hear you and they get to see you not only as the authority, but they get to hear who you are as a person. And so you get that connection, which I think if we connect that back to the local is something that typically or previously, I know things are done a little bit differently now that online is so prominent for local businesses, but for the most part, you were getting referred as a local business, or you were out there connecting with people in your community and able to walk them through what you do. And so now this allows us to still do that, even though we're not physically in the room with them.
1: Correct. Awesome. Yeah, I call this part scalable intimacy or scalable relationship building. One of the things we hear a lot about, especially in the online space, is you need to build relationships with people. You need to connect with people. You don't want people to feel like just a number or anything like that. But again, normal business sense, things that we know from local business is that building a relationship with people doesn't mean that you have this deep, deep, intense connection with every single person who potentially walks through your doors. I mean, going back to our construction business here for a second, we get referred to people all the time. And yes, we'll go into their homes and we do their renovations and we have this relationship, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't this long process of building deep relationship where we know each other's deepest, darkest secrets before they worked with us. And so I wanted to bring that to the online space. How can I grow relationships or have intimacy with people? scalably, (laughs) scalably. Is that a word in a scalable way? (laughs) It is now now. in a scalable way. And this allows me to do that where just like your listeners, I'm sure they listen to your podcast all the time. They feel like they know you, they connect Mm -hmm. with you because they're listening to your voice every week. They're Mm -hmm. connecting with me So hopefully by the end of this, they feel like they know me a little bit better. It's the same principle. They're able to listen to my voice. I'm speaking directly to them. And they're able to get so much value out of what I'm sharing in the podcast that by the end of it, they're either saying, nope, didn't like that girl at all, which, you know, Mm -hmm. totally fine, right? They're not my ideal client. Mm -hmm. Or they're saying, I really, really need to know more about what it would look like to work with her. And for me, either of those options is good because they're doing exactly what I promised my ideal clients. I'm going to help you to attract pre-qualified, pre-sold leads. I don't want people who need convincing. I don't want people who I need to say, please like me, please want my thing. That's not my ideal client. want the person who's ready to raise their hand and say, Hey, I need to know more, or I'm ready now, either one and to come through my offers. And so it's a really powerful tool.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And like you said, all of the people that we listen to, or even have watched on TV, a similar concept, but you have to stare at the TV a bit more. You, you feel like, you know, these people and that's the beauty of a podcast, but moving into the, the funnel concept, the difference between a podcast and a secret podcast is the secret podcast. Mine has five episodes. And so it's just my process broken down into five different episodes. I right now don't plan on adding more to that. Eventually, maybe I'll update it or tweak it or change things in there, but it's made once and then it's done just like a PDF freebie. Whereas my podcast like this, as you all know, it comes out every Monday. It'll come out with a new episode, new things going on. And so let's talk about where this secret podcast gets put into the funnel and how it's a linchpin, I think, for making the success, but you can't just make it and then let it sit there. There are still other pieces that we need to add. We've got our foundation and we've got this secret podcast. There's still a few more gears that we need to add so that the business can start to run more on autopilot with these people raising their hands. And then we just need to stand and look at the applications and say yes or no. So walk us through those other pieces so that we've got the full picture of how to put this into place.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I call this my pod system and pod is P-O-D and it stands for something for me because this makes me so excited. So P is for podcast, O is for offer and D is for done deal. So we go from podcast to offer to done deal. That's what the system does. It moves people right through that process. So the very first thing is where are you getting these people from right people need to actually opt in to your secret podcast right and so normal kind of lead magnet or audience growth tips apply here of for example me being on your podcast today is one thing that might bring people to listen to my podcast so getting out there getting visible you can do this through social media where i am very dedicated to making sure that at least 75% of my audience growth is not social media based so i am not dependent on social media because it is fickle. <laughs> so I am not dependent on social media to grow my business. And so I've talked about Pinterest already. It's interesting because I had left, even though that's where I started, I had stopped using Pinterest for a while. And now we're ramping things back up again on Pinterest because I'm like, why did I stop using this tool that, mm-hmm. that worked so well for me in the first place? I, I got too dependent on social media. So Pinterest is an option. Podcast guesting is an option. Guest training and other people's programs. That's something that I do really, really often in-person speaking events. I mean, the sky's the limit. Anywhere that you can connect with your ideal clients, share value with them, and then tell them that the next step is listen to my podcast works for this, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Anything that you can do to connect with people and drive them into your secret podcast to opting in to listen to that. And that will do your sales process and your qualification for you. You just got to get them there first. So that's the first step.
0: I love that. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, I know I have had this pull to not be on social media as much. And episode number 18 is with my good friend, Thea, and she is a behavioral analyst. And so she has talked about the impact of being on our phones and being around technology around our kids. And so my thing is like, I'm trying not to be on it as much and trying to let systems, we autopilot. And I just enjoy things like this more having conversations, guesting, those kind of appearances are better for me than me scheduling too many posts or worrying about social media. So I love that you are putting into action that 75% of your marketing, your lead gen is not dependent on social media. And thank you for giving us some tips, because I think sometimes we can get stuck like, yes, well, if I don't do Instagram or Facebook, then what do I do? And so just to reiterate those for people, That could be guesting on podcasts, guesting in other people's groups or their communities. That can be Pinterest because Pinterest falls under more of that SEO search engine more than it does social media. There also is the other SEO tools that you have out there. And speaking events, anywhere you said where you can connect with people that doesn't necessarily have to be through a social platform because they can be fickle. So that was just so helpful for people, I think, to hear that. So you start with the lead gen and you do these different things that may or may not be social media, and then you share with them the secret podcast, which then actually walks them through your sales process. Mm -hmm. So then tell us about the next step. They've gone through the sales process. Essentially, they've gotten on a sales call without either of you having to schedule that. Right. (laughs) And then what else do we need in place in our funnel?
1: Yeah. So we want to realize that not everybody is ready to make an immediate decision. Your podcast is five episodes. Mine is four. My system teaches people to do four episodes Mm -hmm. and guides them through that whole process. Not everybody's going to be ready to raise their hand at the end of that and say, oh yeah, I'm in at the end of the fourth episode. Mm -hmm. And so we have an email sequence that nurtures people. And this is the importance, right? Of this being a secret podcast. You can only do this if people have opted in. We have an email sequence off the back of that, that just continues to nurture, but also put that invitation in front of them for a set amount of time after listening. And this is really, really important. We want to send these emails while they're engaged, while they're listening to the episodes and while they're making that decision. So we're sending out this sequence, which I've templated out because again, I'm like a scientist, I've tested what works. And so I've templated out now and share with my clients so that they're able to just say, okay, I need this email here, this email there and move them through that process. I like to also add text message marketing on the back of that. So I have texts and emails that are going out to people if they provided their phone number, of course, after they listen to the secret podcast. And this is really important is we're reaching people where they are. And so if people are giving us their email, we're reaching them there. If they're giving us their phone number and I want to add here, respectfully text them because text message is one of those things that people are still getting used to as a marketing channel. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want to send them 45 text messages, but I do strategically add in text message marketing there so that I'm again, getting in front of them a place where they're used to opening their messages. So that's really important. The next stage is applications. Now, Not everybody who does a secret podcast has to have an application process. Let's say you sell a $97 course or you sell a even $500 course or something that's completely DIY. You could just send them over to a sales page. For those of us who have coaching programs, consulting or service-based offers where we really need to connect with the person, I highly recommend applications. Applications have done some powerful things for my business, some intentionally and some not intentionally. (laughs) So intentionally, they've allowed me to vet who I have coming into my offers, which is really important to me because I only want to work with ideal clients. Like I only want to work with people who are the right fit for my offers. Unintentionally, it created this sense of, of exclusivity to my offers that I didn't expect. This was not the purpose. I want to be clear, but it just feels exclusive. Like, oh, I have to apply to be part of that thing. Seems to have motivated people even more to apply. Just to see if they'll they'll get let in. I never set out. To make it feel that way. But that's just one of the things that has ended up happening Or people have applied. And I noticed even the people were applying and saying, Hey, I'm not ready today, but I wanted to apply just to know if I'm able to get in so I can save up for this, which I've never before had people saying like, okay, I'm in just give me like a little bit. So one of the things on my application right now is I'm ready. Now I'm ready in 60 days, or I'm not ready now, just so I know where people are at because people were applying without even being <laughs> fully available mm-hmm. or fully ready to do so. So that was a really interesting piece. Piece as well so the secret podcast moves people into applications Mm -hmm. We send them, this is part of the systems piece. We send them um, a confirmation by email and text right after. So they know we got it. Mm -hmm. It gives us 48 hours to respond, which again, in my mom life, just sending that out immediately and saying, Hey, I will respond to you within 48 business hours is really important to me that they don't feel ignored or wonder what to expect. So we're setting expectations right there. And then that moves people into an acceptance process. So I either accept based on my ideal client qualifiers, or I say, you know what, this is actually not the best fit for you. Here's what would be if I have another offer or I refer them out to someone else, just like that local business. I have a lot of really great business friends who fill gaps that I don't fill. And so I love passing them people right off the back of my applications. And like, oh, you're not ready for this yet. Here's who you could work with. And I just make a connection right there. And so we either accept people and enroll them or we're giving them a better
0: solution for where they are today. Right. And that's really, really key. Yeah, I love that because like you said earlier, when you were talking about the 3P and the person, it's people who are best poised for success for your offer. And not everybody's going to be that. And you might read a sales page or you might listen to the podcast and think, oh, I really love what she's doing, but maybe not realize you're not quite in that stage of business. Or maybe your specific niche is just not something that the person is the best at. And so I'm so grateful and so impressed by your genuine desire to serve Mm -hmm. and for you to be able to have those connections that you share with people. It's one of the many reasons why you are so amazing. And we are (laughs) such good spirits. Let me recap this for everybody. And then we are going to move into the rapid fire questions. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Yes. Let's do it. All right. So the pod system, which is podcast offer, done deal. You've got your lead generation at the top of that funnel, and that can be social media or not, because what you're doing is you're going out there, you're being visible, and you're telling people what you have to offer and directing them to the secret podcast. So then you can put them in an email sequence, nurture them, invite them into whatever you have to offer, and maybe you've got some text messaging on there too, so that you can keep reaching people where they are. Mm -hmm. From there, once you essentially put them through Your sales process with the secret podcast. Then you land on either applications or a sales page based on what you're presenting. Because at the end of the day, you only want ideal clients and you want to make sure that you are serving people who are best poised for your option. So much gold in this, so much gold. Before we move into the rapid fire questions, I forgot to ask we need to talk about support. So I know that you have mentioned it. And in the show notes, I will link your secret podcast so people can see not only all the amazingness that you do, but if they want to see firsthand what this concept looks like. If people are already raising their hands, which I'm sure so many people are, talk to us about what are their next steps in getting this pod system in place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So number one, like you said, I mean, go and check out my secret podcast. I go into a lot of the details that we talked about today. And like I said, depending on when you're listening to this, I might have multiples that you can listen to. So go ahead and check that out. And then this is exactly what I teach in my group program. So this is how I teach people to move through and create this pod system in their business. So if that's something that you're interested in looking into, I will also give Megan the link for that. Um, And you can check out my program messaging that multiplies. I love
0: that. And the name is just gold. (laughs) (laughs) All of that, like we said, will be linked in the show notes. Now let's move into those rapid fire questions. First and foremost, what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive? Automation. (laughs) automate
1: all the things. So when someone signs on to work with me, they get their emails automatically. They get a gift in the mail automatically. They get Mm -hmm. subscribed to the podcast version of my course automatically. Everything happens. And I get a little text message that says, Megan Moran has gone through your automated onboarding process. (laughs) And and I get to smile and know that you are fully onboarded. You're having a great client experience so far, and I haven't had to lift a finger. So automation is my favorite strategy.
0: I love that. I love that you've automated, not only the client process, but for you too, in your knowledge, that is bold. I've never thought about it from that aspect. You're just, all the things you have are just so amazing. I'm always so impressed by you. All right. Number two, what is the number one essential support you have that you could not live without? Ooh, that's
1: good. Okay. So I have an incredible husband, which I know you can't just go out and buy one of those, but I have an incredible husband and I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I do if he didn't also pull his weight around here. And number two, I have an incredible, incredible assistant. And so that was one of the first hires that I made in my business. Probably on paper, wasn't ready to hire, but I hired her anyway. And she is absolutely incredible for being able to hand off things in business too. And she runs just parts of my business. So I don't have to think about them. And so that's a huge support as well. I love
0: that. I love that. Two more. We've got, what is your go-to self-care activity?
1: Uh, long walks, mm. specifically at sunset, because it's my favorite time. And Bubble baths, which I don't do near enough with four young kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's always a struggle. Bubble bath or sleep, which do you want to
1: (laughs) pick? Exactly, exactly. But for me, it's like, I also get my best ideas in the shower. That's where all of my brainstorming for my business happens. And so I know that if I'm stuck, I just head to the shower, like middle of the day, if I can, (laughs) not often, but if I can head to the shower and I will have all kinds of inspiration, new systems will be born and I go back ready to work.
0: There's something legit in that though, in episode number. 10 with Suzanne, she said the same thing. Her thing was bats, and she talked about the flow of ideas. And so, somewhere at some point, I heard that I think psychologically there is something about water flowing that helps with the flow of ideas. So, when we moved into the house we are in now, my big thing was I wanted us to have some water somewhere that we could see. And there's a pond across the street from us that has a little fountain because I was like, I need to be able to always have that flow of ideas right outside. So, there's definitely, I don't know all the details, but there's something there.
1: So I actually did a course, it was for a completely unrelated thing, but they actually explained it finally. And it was basically, you know, when you're in that concentrated state, when we're making decisions, doing tasks, there's also this lower state, like when you're driving and you all of a sudden you appear somewhere and you are like, I drove here, I didn't pay attention, (laughs) right? That's actually the state where we're able to have the most free flowing of ideas. And so the shower works really well or looking at moving water because Mm -hmm. it calms us right down and we just get into this state of, we're not fully conscious almost. I mean, we're awake, but we kind of zone out and that's when ideas are able to flow the most powerfully. So I think that's why that works. It's also why, you know, if you're driving somewhere, you might all all of a sudden have this big inspiration because you're tuned out. You're able to get
0: really good ideas. So anything that calms you down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I do transcendental meditation and that's the concept is like you live up here where it's a lot of waves and choppy when you take time to settle in and, and go down, then you go down deeper and that's where you're like in the depths of the sea, but it's calmer. So you could think, huh. I love that. Yeah. interesting. Last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Think like kids running through a zoom call with underwear on their heads. What's something funny that we can all relate to and laugh. And only us mompreneurs would understand. <laughs>
1: Well, this happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. I have tons of these, by the way, I could tell you stories for hours, but just last week I was on the conference actually that you attended and my husband was upstairs with our older three kids. Mm -hmm. I had the baby and the two older ones like hit heads or something. So they're both crying in unison and I can hear them hoping that my, all of my people on zoom can't hear, (laughs) but then my one-year-old escapes from my husband and all of the chaos comes downstairs and starts banging two hands on my office doors. So I now have kids screaming upstairs, one-year-olds on my door. And I'm really, really hoping that my podcasting mic is filtering out all this background. And apparently it was because I didn't hear it when I went back to listen, but I'm there like, okay, I'm just going to keep talking. And my husband eventually heard that the baby was down here and he came and got him. But (laughs) that was a, that was a moment I had, I had three out of four children all crying at the same time. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we made it through.
0: (laughs) I love that. No, I was live for some of it. And then I listened to the recordings. You could not hear anything, but good for you for being able to not get distracted. Cause I know sometimes I have to take a pause, like, oh no, what's going on. Okay. I can let it go. (laughs) I've got to focus. Yes, you know what? Get a good podcasting mic. That is my uh, my tip for you. (laughs) Yeah, that and a door. Yes, and a door.
1: Doors are great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, super helpful. Maybe they're banging on them, but at least they're not right here talking into the mic while we are exactly, exactly. Well, Veronica, thank you so much. Everything that you have shared with us is just gold, as I knew it would be. Everything will be linked in the show notes for anybody who is ready to move on, have Veronica's help, or just wants to check out her secret podcast because, again, amazingness all around. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Want more? Head to themompreneurguy.com to grab my personal framework for living a present and productive life and to hear my real-time ahas on Telegram. See you next time.